0: Sell. Charlotte Sports Live.
1: Right now on Charlotte Sports Live, former Panthers quarterback. T.J. Walker is the latest casualty of post preseason cuts. The Bears letting Walker go this evening. But before we can figure out where he'll land next, Carolina has its own QB decisions to make. And with that, we welcome you into Charlotte Sports Live, Grace Grill. And Gabe McDonald with you here for the next hour. The NFL preseason is a wrap, but there's still lots of decisions to be made before the black and blue hit the field for the real thing.
2: Yeah, the Panthers still need to waive 26 more players, and one of those cuts could possibly come in the quarterback room. Our Michael Sett is here with a deep dive into that situation.
0: With Jake Luton sent packing, the Carolina Panthers are now down to just three quarterbacks ahead of Tuesday's cut day. We know Bryce Young, he's not going anywhere. But we also know that after three preseason games, this unit is merely just beginning to scratch the surface of its potential. Not really a shock here, but we're starting the conversation with Bryce Young. The Panthers' top pick didn't set the world on fire with his play during the preseason, but that wasn't the goal. Carolina just wanted him to get his feet wet and develop a little confidence along the way. Hopefully a lot was gained Friday against the Lions after the rookie executed a touchdown scoring job for the first time since joining the team.
2: You want to try to do all you can as a unit to try to carry that, you know, momentum and you know build off of
3: it.
0: Young finished the preseason 14 to 24 for 129 yards, earning two thumbs way up from head coach Frank Reich.
3: Yeah, I think he was sharp and productive and made plays, you know, and, and, and showed some play, you know, even more playmaking ability with his feet
0: and he did it with all eyes watching him. Young has practically lived under a microscope since coming to Carolina. That in turn has allowed backup quarterback Andy Dalton to fly under the radar. After missing the first two preseason games with a back injury, the 35-year-old returned Friday and looked rusty, going 6 of 11 for 60 yards and an interception. He's now entrenched as the number two guy on the team, but it's nice knowing he'll be ready. It should happen to number one.
3: For me. It's to go just be me out there and play like I can play.
0: While Dalton and Young have firmly established their places on the roster, the same cannot be said for the guy batting third. That would be Matt Corral, and he is perhaps the biggest question mark for the Panthers this week. Though Corral was given plenty of chances during the preseason, his 59% on pass completions left a lot to be desired. But throughout the last couple of months, He's at least earned his head coach's respect.
3: Yeah, really encouraged with Matt. I think he's made great progress. Um, You know, Matt's incredibly athletic. He's got a really strong arm.
0: Decisions, decisions. Some tough ones have to be made. And when asked if he'd consider keeping all three quarterbacks, all Reich would say Saturday is that it's something he and general manager Scott Fitterer would discuss. Mike Lissette, Charlotte Sports Live.
2: Appreciate that, Mike. So obviously, Grace, you know, obviously Tuesday is going to be a very – Tough day. Still got to cut nearly 30 guys. But let's focus on the quarterbacks. How are you feeling about that room? Where do you think the Panthers make a move? Does Matt Corral still in this roster after 4 p.m. on Tuesday?
1: I'm going to say yes. And I find it so interesting that we're having this. How do you feel about the quarterbacks room when they traded up to get the number one yeah. pick in the draft? Like, that's just crazy to me. I do think Bryce is going to be fine. My understanding is that this was all by design to see how he could handle that pressure, letting the line give him a little bit of a challenge to see how he handled that. I thought he handled that exceptionally well. I also like the fact that they do have a veteran presence in Andy Dalton in that room because – and not even just the football stuff to run stuff by, but just the the off-the-field stuff. Like, there's so much on him. And then Matt Corral – I, I do. I want to see him get developed, and I don't see him being traded away unless they get something remarkable have to get for some, him. It'd
2: have, have to be a great deal for him because I think that's the guy that you want him to develop now. Obviously, we know that he wants to be somewhere where he feels wanted, but I think he's obviously been getting a good, you know, he's built a great rapport here. I think he should stick around. I Because now you have an extra benefit having that extra quarterback spot. I think that's going to benefit guys like him that are in that position. So, I also agree with you, I think he'll still be on this roster, of course, won't give me reps, but I think he'll be able to develop well here because in McCown and head coach Frank Wright, he has some great coaching, so I think he'll be able to develop his game even more. But here's a look at the Panthers' first round of cuts that came on Saturday. 11 guys got the bad news yesterday, and that got the roster down to 79 players. Now, it has to be at 53 by Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern time, so a ton more moves need to be made. Frank Wright admitted this weekend that these decisions never get easier to make.
3: Literally every position has battles in place, not just for the roster, but, you know, playtime, who's starting, how we're looking at things. So, um, But the good news is they're hard decisions, right, because we feel good about the guys we had on our roster. When we're in training camp mode, it's ones versus ones. Everything is competitive like that. Now, you know, we get into regular season mode. We get the, When we get the full complement of practice squad players in, which takes a couple days, you know, after cuts are made, then it takes a, a 24-hour period where we get those guys back. But once we have all the practice squad guys, we kind of get into that carded mode. We still have some competitive drills one-on-one, but most of it goes to carded periods.
1: I'm glad I'm not a head coach in this situation. <laughs> this has to be – so, and plus you yeah. get to, like, know these guys on a personal right, level, sure. too. That's, like, the worst the worst thing ever. Yeah. Where – in terms of waiver wire, yeah. how do you see the Panthers using the waiver wire this year? I
2: think year? you – is in terms of getting more depth, I think you probably want to address it at that tackle spot. I think that's a place where behind A.K. Quan and Taylor Moten, like, yeah, they're obviously guys that you know are reliable that are going to be in the lineup. But I think you could have some extra depth there. Cameron Irving, obviously, has been hurt. Didn't have the best showing in that first preseason game. So maybe go out to try to get somebody younger. But the receiver room, all these injuries right now. DJ Chark, Terrence yeah. Marshall Jr., Laviska Chenault, who's progressing in concussion protocol, should be back at practice this week. But, you know, you look at a guy like Derek Wright, this might be a shot to make the roster because of those injuries right there. So I think they say they feel good about that room. I think you might try to make some additions there as well.
1: Yeah, and the thing that they said about this too was that they actually liked. Remember, they're they're making all these cuts at once this year, right. where in the past it's been
2: you would trickle it down, but each week, yeah.
1: Exactly. But they, I, Dan Morgan actually spoke to us last week, and he said that they actually prefer having this because it allows them to have you get all a their
2: evaluation. You get to watch all three games, and then yep. at the end, you have a conviction on certain guys, and you can make that move.
1: Yeah. So while all our attention has turned to football on all three levels. We can't forget about NASCAR. The Cup Series has officially entered its playoff stretch. NASCAR closing out the regular season where it began last night at Daytona International Speedway. And it wasn't without drama. This one went into overtime after Ryan Priest. You see him there. He made contact with his teammate Chase Briscoe. The 41 suffered a series of flips. Priest would be okay. The RFK racing duo of Chris Buescher and Brad Hislowski would get out in front on the restart to finish 1-2. Chris Buescher with his third win of the season. He's been on a tear. He's won three out of the last five races, so he was already in. This is how the 16 driver playoff field is set, and here are the highlights. All the way at number 16, Bubba Wallace qualifies for the postseason for the first time ever. He did it on points and was one of three drivers in this group to not win a race this season. Now look back at the top, the Charlotte kid William Byron is the favorite to win the championship after racking up five wins during the regular season, and there is one big name missing from this list. Game that would be Chase Elliott. Came close. Seven-year playoff run comes to an end. Elliott misses the playoffs first time in his Cup Series career. So your man. Yeah. I know you. I know you like your bubble wallet. Yes. So he makes it in. It was
2: good to see him get in. You know, obviously he's had just steady growth over the course of his career. You look at. When he gets on 23-11, there's some growing pains there. He finally makes that progression and this, excuse me, this year. Running really well, getting to a lot of top tens. Obviously, it's good to see him in the playoffs. Now, when it comes to who's going to be there at the end, I don't know if I have that much faith in him. I got to look at William Byron. I mean, been on a tear this year. Five wins, but my championship four, if I had to predict it right now, I'm going Byron, Truex, Hamlin, and Larson. Larson had a great stretch. In the middle of the season, I think he's going to be able to turn it on late as well.
1: The other, the other guy too that we don't talk a whole lot of or haven't this season right. is Joey Logano's won like four yeah. since twenty to, or cup not four. I have somewhere around here was yeah. the number, but like you can't knock out the veteran guys too. And I also, I also want to bring Kevin Harvick into the situation. Yes. Last yeah. last ride for him. And he hasn't won one since 2014, so maybe he gets one here. You can can never count out the veterans. It would
2: be great to see Happy get a run and uh, hopefully hopefully make it in. That would be a great way to go out as well. So hopefully he can seek in there. We'll see.
1: Chase Elliott not in it, though. That's going to be a big talker this postseason. Well, it was another great week of high school football in our area. We will recap some week two matchups coming up a little later on.
2: And Panthers head coach Frank Wright was coordinated last night before Charlotte FC took on LAFC. Wright's team is yet to win this season, but the crown sure gave us something to cheer for last night against one of the top teams in the MLS. That's just ahead.
1: And we have officially entered week one of the college football season. Expectations are high for the Carolina teams in the ACC. Yeah, we're
2: going to break down each squad just ahead here on Charlotte Sports Live. We're back.
1: Well, it was a big weekend at Bank of America Stadium. Panthers on the turf Friday, and Saturday it was Charlotte FC playing their first match in more than two weeks. The Crown hosting LAFC. Charlotte should be pretty feeling good about themselves after a deep run in the League Cup, but you have to figure they got a long way to go if they want to get back in the MLS playoff mix. Coming into Saturday, they're six points out of that final spot in the East. This is in 29th minute. Strong start for the good guys. Carol Swiderski, with the laser into the box, Ashley Westwood on the redirect. And that puts Charlotte ahead 1-0. We go to the 67th minute. Los Angeles catches the Charlotte defender sleeping a little bit. It's a two-on-one fast break. Mario Gonzalez passed in the equalizer. We're tied at one. Eight minutes later, however, Kudersky making plays again. His pass into the box is deflected right back to him. Tries again, can't get it to go, but Scott, Ar- Scott Arfield Pan. Arfield substituted in just minutes earlier. It gives Charlotte the go-ahead goal to make it 2-1, and that would hold as the final score. Three critical points for the Crown at home. Here's Ashley Westwood after the match.
4: We spoke about it coming off the back of the league book. We had a forgot, a great tournament, and now we've said in there we've got into another tournament now. So it's big, big 11 games left. We've got one out of the way with the win, and we go again Wednesday.
1: That's the most important thing.
2: Well, from football back to football, this season will mark a big change for the ACC. The conference is eliminating divisions for football and moving to a new 3-5-5 schedule model. Here's a look at how our teams in the conference from the Carolinas are gearing up for the upcoming campaign. Some would consider the past two seasons for Clemson to be down years. The Tigers lost six games across 2021 and 2022, which matched their loss total from the previous five seasons combined. Still, Dabo Sweeney's club is the favorite to win the conference once again. Clemson leads the way with 103 first-place votes in this year's preseason poll as they aim to win their eighth conference title in the last nine seasons.
3: We've had a lot of consistency, and, and, and that's a that's a result of our brand because we got kids coming from all over the country. We got kids from California, Texas, Florida, uh, Ohio, Kansas, Maryland, uh, Massachusetts, yeah, you know, everywhere in between. So, you know, that doesn't happen if you don't have a great brand.
2: Up in Chapel Hill, the Tar Heels had a small taste of greatness a season ago. Behind Drake May at quarterback, North Carolina advanced to the conference championship game for the first time since 2015. With the Charlotte native back under center for what many believe could be a Heisman level season, the expectations on the Hill are as high as they've ever been.
0: For him to take the role of leader and, and, and lead his football team like he did and, and be consistent each week uh, was pretty phenomenal. And then after the season, Drake came in to me and said, um, help me with these things. These are things I need to improve, and that's who he is. That, that's why he's such a, a great player.
2: Across the triangle in Raleigh, Dave Derwin's NC State squad will look totally different on the offensive side of the ball. Former OC Tim Beck is now leading the program at Coastal, and the Wolfpack has a new QB1 under center. Virginia transfer Brendan Armstrong will lead an offense that expects to be towards the top of the conference this
3: fall. I think the ceiling's being the best in the league. You know, I mean, that's our goal. We, we can't control. The stats and all the things outside of the ACC, you know, we got to try to win the ACC. And our goal is always going to be to be the best, statistically, in the areas that we consider important.
2: Over in Durham, Duke was the biggest surprise in the ACC a season ago. First-year headman Mike Elko led the Blue Devils to a 9-4 and four season, the program's best since 2014. The culture he's built paid huge dividends last year and will be key once again in his second season at the helm.
3: Last year was a testament that culture can win and culture can turn things around really quick. I think we got a lot of guys that have a lot of love for each other in that locker room. They enjoy playing together. They enjoy being around each other. Uh, and that's maybe one of the things that doesn't get calculated.
2: Wake Forest is preparing for life after Sam Hartman, who is playing his final season of college ball up at Notre Dame. In a new age of college football, Dave Clawson feels optimistic about his 2023 squad, despite the loss of a bulk of their production from last year. Like most football teams in the country, yeah, we lost some guys in the portal. I'm more happy about all the guys that stayed. You know, that doesn't make as good of a headline for a story, but our program is still based on retention and graduation. And if you look at the amount of players who went into the portal, I'd argue that we're managing this as well as anybody in the country right now. So we just alluded to it there. College football, as we know it, as we've talked about a lot, completely different. But I think the new schedule is going to be interesting for the league this year. But honestly, I think if we're looking at the, the, how the championship game is going to shake out, I think we're headed towards seeing the team, same two teams last year, honestly.
1: Yeah, I mean, you led off by saying that this has been a quote-unquote down past years for, yeah. for Clemson, which is just kind of laughable when right. you think about it. But Everybody
2: would kill to have just three losses in, in a season. Yeah, and
1: we were talking about this a little early on. I I know it's only one, one ranking, but I don't agree with Florida State being ranked. I'm not on that. Bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, especially when Clemson's bringing in a guy like Garrett Riley as their new right. O.C. They they have revamped the the offense already. And you saw what he was able to do with TCU last year. This yep. might be the move that takes Clemson back. I to believe the so. And, and K
2: Clubnik, he's the real deal. We saw him come in in relief last year. Started the bowl game, played most of the title game here. Looks pretty solid. But Drake May probably going to see him in New York at the Heisman ceremony. They're <laughs> definitely on a mission this year. So we'll see how things shake out. Luckily, it is finally game week for high school, uh, for college football. But speaking of high school football, we're two weeks into the high school season and we got a plethora of big plays to show you. Our Michael Set teaches us a lesson coming up next.
1: Oh, and we still got baseball going on. The Braves on Sunday night, baseball out in the Bay. Could they stay hot and sweep the Giants? That is coming up when we come back here on Charlotte Sports Live.
0: All across Charlotte, school is back in session. It's a time to learn again, and that's certainly the case in this week's edition of our Plays of the Week. So pull up a chair and a textbook. Better yet, make it a playbook, because your education in excellence is about to begin. An object in motion tends to stay in motion. Isaac Newton knew what he was talking about. And if you need further evidence, look no further than Monroe Zachariah Melton. Once the senior got going on this kickoff against West Charlotte, he could not be stopped, going 95 yards for a textbook touchdown. Not to be outdone though was Davion Jones. In the very same game, on the very next kickoff, the Lions emerging star responded with a return of 76 yards for a score. Oh yeah, and did we mention he is just a freshman? West Charlotte ultimately won the game 43-29. Finally, our last play features a parabola Archimedes would be proud of. First, the perfect throw from A.L. Brown's Javion Stevens, and then how about the concentration from Gerard Evans to hold onto it for the touchdown? Wonders, though, would still fall the Northwest Cabarrus 30 to 19. So there you have it, three plays from three fine young scholars. As for who wins out, well, that's on you to make the grade. Head to our X page, at CSL on QCN to cast your vote. Polls close Thursday morning.
1: That's from the professor, Mike Lissette. So you've seen the candidates for the top plays from Friday. So let's run back through the best games we saw in week two.
2: Yeah, we had some more quality matchups across the area in week two, including a big one with two first-year head coaches at two of the more story programs in all of Charlotte. We're talking about Chris James at Myers Park and Deshaun Baker over at Health. And we had a lot, a low-scoring first half, actually, that was short on the highlights. But we did at least get this off the deflection right here. Jack DeHart, able to nab it out of the air, get the INT for the Mustangs, the Huskies drive. but stall after that, the Mustangs, however, they were not be able to capitalize. And just before the half, Wendell Thompson, able to get a little something going, scrambles to his right, rolling out, getting a little first down here, and you see the helmet even come off a little bit, showing the toughness right there, getting a big gain. That's what you wanna see out of your quarterback. That will lead to a field goal, but Huff would actually be able to come back and win this one 13 to 10. The Huskies get their first win of 2023. And moving over to Cox Mill a packed house at Chargers Stadium for the Chargers and Kings Mountain. We'll move to the second quarter. Coxmill with the ball at midfield. QB John Bisonet goes and finds Jordan Cleves with the completion. A big first down to get into Kings Mountain territory. Then we get into the third quarter, fresh from the half. The Chargers on the kickoff. The Mountaineers, Jaden Gush on the gash rather on the return. He'll take it all the way to the Chargers' 30-yard line, getting a nice chunk of real estate. And then just a couple of plays later, the Mountaineers get down to first and goal. and Josiah Hill. Takes it up the gut, takes it to the crib. Kings Mountain, they cruise in this one, get it done 37 to 13.
1: All right, out to the bay. The Braves looking for that Sunday sweep. Giants lead it in the second. Casey Schmidt sends that one way out to left field. His third home run of the season makes it 2-0 Giants. That is still the score in the fifth. Braves so good at small ball. Travis Darnot lines one to right. Marcel Ozuna will score. Giants not quick with the relay, so Braves send Eddie Rosario home from second, and we are tied at two. This is the next batter, Nicky Lopez. Yeah, we can make that work. Here comes Darno. It's gonna be tight, but he's called safe, and the Braves take the lead 3-2. Bottom of the inning, however, Giants have tied it back up, and they have the bases loaded. Patrick Bailey will clear them. Giants retake the lead, and they go on to win it as well to avoid the sweep. 8-5 is your finals.
2: Moving back to the black and blue, no Miles Sanders or Chuba Hubbard on the field Friday night in Carolina's preseason finale that opened up opportunities for running backs like Spencer Brown. He's one of the guys that stopped by our CSL set, joining Carla and I after the final whistle.
4: All right, we are joined now by running back Spencer Brown and led the ground game for the Carolina Panthers tonight. 13 carries over 50 yards. Just tell us about tonight's game and how good it felt to be back out there.
5: It felt good. You know, first off, I got to give credit to my O-line. You know, great blocking all through the night. You know, they set up everything for me to be successful. And you've been able to get a lot of carries so far through the preseason and tonight
2: finally get into the end zone. What kind of case do you think you made when it comes to making this roster with the cut day coming up next
5: week? hopefully I showed that I could, you know, help the team win in certain ways. But, you know, at the end of the day, you still got to get credit to the O-line. You know, it starts up front with them.
4: What did they do that was different maybe from games past because they did have a little bit better game tonight?
5: Uh, you know, we work every week to get better. So, you know, as far as blocking, you know, their their job is hard. So they work every week to get better at certain things. So driving the ball, running downhill, you know, (laughs) everything just kind of complemented each other tonight. So it just worked all together.
2: And, of course, Bryce, you know, being able to lead that touchdown drive, you know, something that I feel like everybody has been wanting to see. What have you seen from him, you know, so far as he's been able to grow through these preseason games?
5: Bryce, he's a smart guy, so, you know. He does everything it's just natural to him from moving in the pocket to reading his progression, you know, it's just, it's just natural, you know, he's a good leader.
4: And Coach Frank Wright came into this game really with a message for everybody that uh, this last game is an opportunity for everybody to, to really prove that they belong on the roster. How did you come in to this game and really approach it mentally?
5: Uh, you know, I treat every game like the next. You know, I try to go every week 0 and O. you know, start over from scratch. You know, you do stuff good, but it's what you do the next day that matters. So I just try to come in and put my best foot forward. And you guys have a lot of healthy competition in that
2: uh, in that running back room. Miles Sanders, obviously Chuba, even uh, guys like Raheem. How do you guys bring the best out of each other each day of practice?
5: Uh, it's a good room. You know, we all support each other, but we all, you know, competitive at the yep. end of the day. So... If they see something, you're not you know, striving to be your best, somebody will call each other out. And we know it's all constructive, but it's good criticism. So. As far as that, you know, it's just a good room from that standpoint.
4: And that probably starts with your coach and Deuce Staley, right? We've heard so many stories and so many guys talk about what kind of coach he is. Have you ever been around a coach like him? And and what are you taking away from what he's taught you so far?
5: Uh, Deuce, he's a great guy, you know.
4: (laughs) It makes everybody smile, so yeah.
5: (laughs) He's high energy, you know, he's going to get the best out of you. You know, I love Deuce. So, you know, as far as he's going to be, he's going to press you to be your best. And everything, so as far as the as coach, that's what you want at the end of the day. So, yeah, <laughs> that's just deuce.
4: All right, Spencer Brown, we appreciate it so much. A great game from him tonight in the Panthers' last, last preseason game. All right, well, the
1: Panthers got two of three preseason games here at Bank of America Stadium, but even the home cooking couldn't help them get a dub. One Panthers newcomer says the record doesn't matter. We'll tell you if we agree. Ahead.
2: And the Hornets finally lock up a key piece of the rotation, but will it move the needle in the standings this upcoming season? We're going to debate that as well. You're watching Charlotte Sports Live. We're back in just a little bit.
1: Back here on Charlotte Sports Live, the preseason officially arrived for the Carolina Panthers. The black and blue finished the preseason with an 0-3 record and debuted a revamped offense that was, for lack of a better word, underwhelming. After getting shut out 27-0 in the first preseason game against the Jets, Carolina would open up the playbook a little bit and make things a little more interesting against the Giants and Lions, but they still took L's. Important to remember, though, that a lot of the starters did not play in the preseason, running back Miles Sanders being one of them. And he said not to worry about the offensive performance in the preseason.
5: I don't let the preseason, you know, dictate whatever the the season's going to be. You know, everybody knows what the preseason's for. And it's for guys to have an opportunity to make the team. So um, I wouldn't necessarily judge it off based off that. But um, us grinding every day in practice, uh, I could say that, yeah, we're going to be very explosive and hopefully hard, hard to beat if we just keep grinding and, you know, taking it day by day.
1: So I hear him. But I mm-hmm. just like to win, even if it's the preseason. I mean, yeah. Like, I understand it doesn't yeah. mean anything. Like, the shutout was what made me mad because I was that like, was you can't get shut out. And rough. then I get it. Like, I totally understand what's going on here. But, like,
2: They, they bounce back. They grew. And I think it's – DJ Chark had a great bite about it about a week or so ago. Just it's about the evaluation, making sure that you find guys that you can count on, who's going to be reliable to make plays whenever they need to make the play. Obviously, you don't want to see – you want to see some flashiness, but you can't show everything. I think this past game – we saw Bryce Young get standing plays with his legs, pushing the ball yeah. down the field. The offensive line was much improved. I think that's definitely a clearer picture of what we're going to see this season. Now, of course, the shutout. You never want to have that ever, even in the preseason. But I think the record, throw it out the window. It's all over now. The real games are coming soon. I mean, first game's coming up September 10th. I think the record really doesn't hold that much weight.
1: No, it absolutely doesn't. It doesn't yeah. mean anything unless you're the Baltimore Ravens, right? Which you know Which doesn't well, matter anymore. Well, because the commanders, the commanders did, yeah, you know, but, they messed that up. So. But I – I loved his response there because fans that are kind of the the average football fan, right. too, that don't pay attention to the preseason mm-hmm. stuff but, like, just come and thinking they want to win. Like, you just want to build the excitement. Yeah. There was so much excitement built in this offseason that I think that kind of...
2: It kind of fell flat a bit. But hopefully yeah. they can start the regular season off on a good note. Having those back-to-back divisional games to open it up is going to be key. But... Let's move to the guys over on Trade Street. It's been quiet on the Hornets' front for quite a while until yesterday. After a month-long standoff, forward P.J. Washington has decided to stick around for a bit longer in the Queen City. He agreed to a new three-year, $48 million contract on Saturday. Washington was the final unsigned NBA-restricted free agent on the market. The deal avoids having having a second Charlotte player signing a qualifying offer, which fellow forward Miles Bridges did in July. And first off, before we get into this, I got to commend my teammates, Grace and Mike, a great Price is Right segment last night. Debating this topic, I think, you know, this is a fair deal for both sides. I think, I know he wanted starter money. He wanted his 20 million a year, but at the same time, he's grown, but he's not really just that proven guy yet that's worth that. I think this is a pretty fair deal for both sides. No long term investment on the Hornet's part, no four year deal, but he's still getting some pretty decent money. He's only making eight and a half last year. Up in that to sixteen, I think anybody would take that
6: in today.
1: But it's still multiple years, which yeah. I think is important. And you so. mentioned there to not sign a qualifying offer. And yeah, and, and and his his stats have shown that he is going to continue to grow. I mean he averaged over fifteen points. Again, you said he wanted that starter money. Still wasn't that like it wasn't I was looking at the numbers that Miles Bridges put up before the whole fiasco last right. summer where he was gonna get
3: that max million. deal yeah, right.
1: for that, and he wasn't quite there. But this deal gives him an opportunity yeah. to grow into that because you don't know what's going to happen with yeah, Bridges because exactly. he's a free agent. Yeah, the
2: season's going to be interesting. Of course, he's going to serve that 10 game suspension. So we'll see how things shake out, you know, once that season gets here. But we're getting there close. We're still about six weeks out from Buzz City, taking the court for the first time this season. Here's your preseason slate. They're at Miami on October 10th, followed by the Wizards in our nation's capital. And then Charlotte finishes the preseason at home against the Thunder and the Celtics. Any ESPN's Laura Rutledge, you've seen her on NFL Live. She's on SEC Nation and now Love she's her. on Charlotte Sports Live. She's got her own thoughts on Bryce Young heading into his rookie season and maybe a little bit about some uh, deli meats.
1: All right, and now that the Cup Series playoff field is set, we predict which driver could be a dark horse championship contender. That's coming up in Quick 6. Keep it here.
2: Back here on CSL, you watch the final game of the 2023 NFL preseason right here on Fox Charlotte tonight. The Texans visiting New Orleans, and there he is, number two overall pick C.J. Stroud, with this final dress rehearsal before the regular season, finds Nico Collins in the end zone for six, and the Texans, they strike first. Actually, a cool note, C.J. Shroud officially named QB1 in the postgame presser by head coach D'Amico Ryans. Back come the Saints, led by Jameis Winston, with Derek Carr sitting this one out. Remember Jimmy Graham, Panthers fans? Yeah, he's back in New Orleans, albeit a little bit older. Boxes out the DB for that TD, and we're tied up at 7 in the second. Into the third, not at 10. Mike Boone breaks the tie with that scoring scamper from 11 yards out, and that would be just enough for Houston. They take down the Saints 17-13. to
1: all right, well, it's been five years since the Panthers last had a Monday night football game. It was back in 2018 against the Saints, but that'll change just four Mondays from now, and the Panthers will be going up against even more competition as far as ratings are concerned. ESPN announcing they'll have three Mondays with two games overlapping, and that affects that week two matchup for Carolina. Panthers-States will kick off at 7:15 with the Rams and Bengals starting at 8.15. One media member that will be on the sideline for that Panthers Monday night game is standing by with our Carla
4: Gebhardt right now. If you are looking for, I mean, anything concerning college football or the National Football League, our next guest has you covered on all fronts. We are joined now by ESPN's Lara Rutledge. And, Lara, I know that the teams and the players, they're ready, but it looks like you're ready for uh, some tailgating and for the season to start
7: as well, right? Uh, Yeah, Carla. (laughs) Honey Baked Ham has me hooked up right here. I've got an example of some of their new tailgate packs here, and they are so delicious, making tailgating really, really yummy, but also easier for people. You've got your half ham playmaker pack here. Where you're picking up a bone-in half ham at your local Honeybake ham store or go online, you can order it at honeybake.com tailgate. But, I mean, as you can see, this spread is really impressive and a great way to really make people remember your tailgate or remember what you brought to it. Of
4: course, we're all about the Carolina Panthers here, and I know that you covered Bryce Young when he went to Alabama. Of course, now he's here in Charlotte with the Panthers, teaming up with Coach Frank Wright. Give us your take on how you think this rookie season for him is going to go.
7: You know, I think there's going to be some ups and downs, and I say that as one of the biggest fans of Bryce Young. We're actually really excited to see him week two of Monday Night Football for Saints-Panthers. Um, that game, I think, is going to be a really interesting indicator of where they're at. You know, obviously be week two, but... Frank Reich is a perfect pairing for Bryce Young. And you think about a a coach who is so good with quarterbacks. And Bryce Young, you guys have probably seen this already, being Carolina fans. He's his own worst critic. He is very even-keeled, but he gets frustrated with himself and really applies that into getting better and better. So I would just caution Panthers fans, like, Listen. Be patient. The O line might have some growing pains, and you might see some moments with Bryce where you you worry a little bit. You worry about the durability. That's always going to be a question. But ultimately, I think it was such a smart pick for them, and I, I think he's going to have a really long NFL career. So um, I, this season, listen, like wins and losses, we'll see, right? But I think you're going to see a lot of exciting things for the future with Carolina, and um, they they may surprise a lot of people, but. Either way, cannot wait to see him in action.
4: You did mention that Monday night football game against the Saints, and you're going to be here in Charlotte for that one. Just real quickly, how do you see the NFC South shaking out? I mean, just this week we had Baker Mayfield named the starter down in Tampa. We got Derek Carr with the Saints. It's kind of all over the place when you're talking that conference.
7: Yeah, that's why I think that game week two for the Panthers is so interesting. Because to me, you know, the, the NFC South is anybody's game. I think the Saints are probably the favorite right now in some ways. But to your point, I mean, it, it could be the Panthers. They could end up surprising some people. The Bucks are interesting. you got the Falcons involved, too, with Bijan Robinson. So it's a real toss-up for me. Um, and one other thing, Carl, I wanted to throw out when it comes to – the uh, opportunities for football in Charlotte. I know you're excited about this UNC-South Carolina game that's the opening week game. And just wanted to let you know and and all of your viewers know that the Honey Baked Ham tailgate tour is actually going to be stopping by there. So that's a great way to try out the new tailgate packs too, just as the season gets going.
4: Charlotte's going to be set up for that week of college football. And you do mention uh, South Carolina, Shane Beamer. I mean, the last couple of seasons, they're really continuing to build something special. Do you see this maybe as a potential breakout season?
7: Yeah, it feels like they're close. I mean, you got to get past Georgia if you're going to really make hay in the East, but maybe I don't necessarily <laughs> see that happen because I think Georgia is right. going to be king over everybody. Uh, but South Carolina is in an excellent position to continue to contend. You never know how this whole thing's going to shake out with the college football playoff. I think they're going to be better than last year, and they wrecked a lot of people's seasons for the end of last year. Um, when you look back at what they did to Tennessee see as well as Clemson so I'm really really excited for coach Beamer and this team
1: all right thank you ladies so roster cuts are coming for the black and blue one guy that's made his case this preseason Raquan Williams we go one-on-one with the big man next
2: and the Panthers preseason is over forget about the record what grade will we give them for their play over those three preseason games find out just ahead in quick tips
1: All right, well now that the preseason is a wrap, it's time for what really matters, the regular season. The Road to the NFC South title begins two weeks from today in the ATL. Panthers visit the Falcons. Carolina plays back-to-back divisional games to start the season, and then four of their final six games are also in division. So a lot riding on how the Panthers start and finish in 2023. Well, Raekwon Williams joined the Panthers' practice squad last October, and now he's trying to earn a spot on the 53-man roster.
2: Yeah, Williams had a great camp down in Spartanburg and continued to impress in the Panthers' preseason games. He stopped by after the game Friday night to chat with Carla Gebhardt and myself. All
4: right, we're talking defense with Raekwon Williams on the D-line tonight, and a great game for you. And I think you've really, really put something special together this preseason. What, has that been kind of how you've assessed your preseason so far?
6: Uh, I feel like I've been learning a lot with uh, Coach Washett uh, coaching me and uh, having D. Will in the room, D. Brown, and uh, those guys play a lot of football, so I feel like I learned a lot, so uh, I feel like I became a better player this preseason for sure.
2: And you got a lot of of veterans, you know, just on that D-line, not just, you know, the interior, but the exterior as well, especially a guy like Justin Houston. What do you think, you know, a lot of those veterans have brought to that unit because you guys have a lot of great competition there and it's healthy as well.
6: Oh, just knowledge, you know, a lot of knowledge. A lot of those guys played a lot of ball, and a lot of them guys are freakish athletes, like uh, Houston, uh, D. Brown, Burns. There's a lot of knowledge behind all those guys, so uh, I feel like I'm learning a lot, and, uh, and that's helping me become a better player.
4: Yeah, and of course, this 3-4 defense, very challenging, really for a lot of the guys coming into this season. What was the challenge for you when kind of picking up that playbook initially? Uh,
6: Trying to figure out how to play attack ball and read at the same time. So it was uh, a little challenging picking up on it. But uh, like I said, like guys like D. Will, he played in this system before. So he's giving me little tips on like, oh, they're not running it that way. So you should be able to attack on this certain play. So um, having those guys, that's what helped a lot. you
2: know? And you've got a lot more reps over these past couple preseason games. What kind of case do you think that you've made to be able to be a contributor for that unit up front?
6: Uh so I just gave it my all and it's all up to the coaches, whichever they think is best. But uh, I felt like I learned a lot and became a better player this preseason.
4: You got a lot of snaps tonight and the list of all the guys that were not playing tonight on the defensive side of things is pretty exciting when you start thinking about them actually getting into this season. What What would you tell Panthers fans to expect when everybody is back out on the field and the season starts?
6: A lot of dogs, <laughs> a lot of dogs. They all can ball, we all can ball. So. It's gonna be a fun year. I'm excited for this D-line.
2: What is Quick 6 time, we got Mike said back in the building, and so is meteorologist Andrew Brightman, our good friend. Now a Sunday night regular, it's like going to Golden Corral after a good <laughs> church service. All right, Grace, you are up first. Grade the Panthers' preseason performance are going 0-3. OK,
1: so I never know what to grade off of, so I'm going to go off numbers, right? So the Panthers were outscored 74-36, to 36, which, if you do the math on that, that's a grade of, like, less than 50. It's like 48%. But we okay. will grade on a curve because there were good things, so I'm going to give them a C plus. Yes, you're, you're
2: not that harsh trader. I feel that. All right, Andrew, you're up. The Big Ten will make football availability reports mandatory on game days this year. They'll be the only Power Five conference to do so this season. Should everyone else around the country follow suit? You know, 10 years ago, I'd say maybe not. Who doesn't love a little bit of gamesmanship? But in the era of sports betting becoming bigger and bigger, you don't want people trading on inside information. I think this is a great idea and should expand to the rest of the Power 5. Yeah, I think we'll probably see that uh, become the norm pretty soon. All right, Mike, you're up now. Name a Dark Horse Cup Series playoff driver that could win the championship this year.
0: I mean, Bubba Wallace hanging out with Michael Jordan after getting in the playoffs. I think that's got to give him some momentum how about Denny Hamill this guy's never
2: won a championship I'd like to see him do it this year yeah Denny's definitely been on quite a run this year all right Grace Shohei Otani, a tough injury he won't pitch again this year maybe all of next year too after tearing his right UCL but he's still in the batting order is that a mistake
1: I don't know what the play is here I mean he seems good to go he's done it before but if I'm the Angels remember he becomes a free agent this offseason and if he postpones getting surgery on this then he might not be available for opening day next year if they plan on trading him, so something to think about.
2: Yeah, for sure. All right, Andrew, the worst uniforms in sports belong to? I'm going to go out on a limb. It's the Live Golf Teams. All they are is weird color colored polo shirts with a logo on it. They don't represent an area or anything. Like, what is a majestic? What is an ace? It makes absolutely zero sense. Okay, we'll take That's that. That's a good one. <laughs> we'll take that, Mike. <laughs> Last one for you. You can be any superhero for a day. Who are you choosing and why? I'm Batman.
0: <laughs> no, because Batman's got the solutions to everything. Opens up his utility belt. He pulls out shark repellent. It's got Really cool Batman. cars? Got really cool cars. It's Batman all the So if the you're way. Batman, who's your Robin?
2: You, of course. The, yeah, sure. <laughs> Which Not one? me? You're, not me? He's not the one that dies, I'll tell you that one. <laughs> I oh, always got to love Mike said. All right, check this out. Yankees at Rays. it has been a Let's tough year not. for the Bronx Bombers. Yeah, I know it's tough to watch here Grace. First inning, Randy Azozarana, still second. Throws sales over the head of the second baseman. So Azozarana heads to third, and that throw is also off. Pain. So he goes ahead and heads home, and it's called safe. Not what Grace wants to see, and it's safe to say that this is not a QC crown, but you can find out what is coming up next.
1: All right, jumping into our QC crowns. Mine tonight going to 1. Simone Biles, she's the GOAT for a reason, competing in the U.S. Gymnastic Championships in California. He picked up her eighth all-around title, the most by any gymnast, male or female. She was, uh, she'll be heading to Worlds, but she would not say whether she would compete in the next Olympics, so stand by on that one. But either way, best ever do it.
2: And hopefully we do see her in Paris because it has been she's been a joy to watch my crown tonight going out to Davidson native Will Greer the oldest son of Providence Day head coach Chad Greer will be put on a show with the Cowboys in the preseason finale last night against the Raiders 29-35 to 305 yards and four total touchdowns and this is pretty much his audition for the other 31 teams across the league Greer won't be sticking around in Dallas now that the team got Trey Lance so hopefully this performance will get him an opportunity elsewhere across the NFL so cut day coming up in just a couple days we got a lot more coming up tomorrow for Grace I'm Gabe we're going to do it again tomorrow night on Charlotte Sports Live thanks for watching good night y'all